You are listening to the Golden Voice Podcast, and I'm your host, Jarvis Smith. We're back for the ninth episode of the Golden Voice Podcast, and it always feels good to tap in with you again on this Wednesday. And if you're new to the Golden Voice Podcast, I want to say thank you for giving us a little bit of your time, and I hope you check out our previous episodes featuring Sleigh Bells, Cam Girl, Uffy, Sizzy Rocket, Yell, Jameson, Brick, and Bianca Ray. As always, I'm going to check in with you during the outro, but I want to jump into this week's episode and today's special guest. Because today, we're speaking to a guest who created one of my personal favorite podcasts of all time with a simple concept of taking music's most popular and iconic and influential artists such as Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, Frank Ocean, Tyler the Creator, Beyonce, just to name a few, and painstakingly breaking down their most significant albums track by track, note by note, line for line for a series called Dissect. In addition, today's special guest will go on to be recognized by the New York Times in 2018 for having one of the best podcasts of that year. It would even win a Webby Award in 2020 for the best music podcast too. At the time of this recording, today's guest would also create a spin-off series called Keynotes, which is a deep interactive music analysis of songs by such artists as Radiohead, Adele, and more, challenging listeners to change the way they listen to music one song at a time. And if that wasn't enough, today's guest has currently released the ninth season of Dissect, breaking down Mac Miller's magnum opus, Swimming in Circles. If you don't know who I'm talking about, it's the creator, host, and senior producer of Spotify original podcast Dissect, Cole Kushner. And during the summer of this year, in between working on future seasons of Dissect, Cole came to the Golden Voice podcast and reflected on growing up in California, his early memories of discovering music, studying music in college, the origins of Dissect, the process of creating each season, and so much more. So let's go ahead and get this conversation started. Cole, how are you doing? Good, yeah. It's uh, you know, hopefully pandemic is coming to a close and uh going outside, although it's incredibly hot right now and where I live. But um yeah, enjoying life. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, damn, dude. I mean, like it's 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 one of those things where it's like after being in the house for so long, it does feel good to get out. But like, I guess as a podcaster, do you kind of worry a little bit about like, man, are people still going to be listening to me as they're going outside? Or are people going to take a break from me as, as things are heating up out here? How, how do you view that? I mean, I, I'm pretty optimistic because I listen, you know, personally, I listen to podcasts in the car the most. So if people are going somewhere, that's good in my eyes. And if you're on a plane, you know, that's also where you kind of listen to podcasts. So, um, yeah, I'm optimistic that, you know, they'll still be consumed. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. No, I definitely feel the exact same way. I just recently took a trip uh, over back to my hometown in Chicago and man, definitely dissect. I had all the episodes downloaded that I need to catch up with for, for the Yeezus series. So man, I'm all caught up, man. So we're going to get into that and so much more, but I always like to start in the beginning and just know people's personal come up story, you know, just your beginning. So for you, Cole, I'm just kind of curious to know a little bit about your childhood growing up, you know, where did you grow up at? And, you know, maybe just share some things that you remember from your childhood, if you don't mind. Yeah, childhood. I grew up in uh, Elk Grove, which is a small kind of suburb outside of Sacramento in California. Um, yeah, I got I got into music when I was around thirteen. It was the same age I kind of started skateboarding, and so those two things pretty much dominated my entire childhood. Um, 
skateboarding and playing music is pretty much all I did for 10, 15 years. Before that, I was like heavily into like basketball and stuff. So, um, yeah, just a pretty typical childhood suburbanite, um, you know, getting into a little bit of trouble, but mostly kind of just sticking to what I was passionate about, which was music and skateboarding. And still passionate about skateboarding, but music's kind of the thing that I ran with uh, for my life. So, but it started pretty young. Yeah, 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 man. No, that's what's up. I, I did hear about, you know, you having your background with music, uh, you know, uh, with you being in a couple bands before, but I didn't know about your skateboarding background. Were you like a, um, well, what, what type of like, uh, maybe like what type of like company or, or team that you follow the most? Were you like a baker, skateboarder type of guy? Were you like blind? Like what, what type of like yeah, team it, did you follow? It definitely, you know, I went through a, multiple phases as a kid. So, one week it was, you know, Shorties was a big one. Yeah. Chad yeah. Muska and yes. that whole gang. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of switched to like Girl and Chocolate for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of went through all the phases. Zero was a big one when I was in oh, high school. Oh, yes. So yes. depending on which skate company I was rocking with, that's how I dressed. You know, when I was into Zero, it was like all black, shaved yeah. head, you yes. know. And then when I was into Baker, it was like sideways cap, like Andrew Reynolds. And it was like, just yeah. kind of mimicking your skateboard heroes and same thing I did with music actually. But yeah, skateboarding was a huge influence on everything that I did for sure. And, you know, I'm just kind of curious to know, going to your music now, what types of artists were you listening to during that time as well? Like what type of music was like really catching your ear and like what type of albums or artists were you really checking out at that time? Yeah, that changed too. Um <sighs> I was like super into like No Limit Records. I don't, mm. I'm sure you remember Absolutely, them like yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, I like had all the CDs, I, like that crazy artwork and stuff I was Absolutely. really drawn to. Mm-hmm. But then I would like, I was like also heavily into like punk rock, like the Misfits and Nirvana. And, uh, you know, I went through a bunch of phases, I guess. Um, when I got a little bit older, is when I, well, I should also acknowledge that I was super into like Blink 182 and like pop punk bands for a while. Uh, but, I really kind of, when I really came into my own, I would say in my early 20s, eight, like from 18 on, I would say, is when I got into like, I guess a little more conceptual music. Like I was really into At the Drive In and like Mars Volta, if you're familiar with them. And then that's when I kind of got into Radiohead. And so more, I was, as I evolved as a musician, as often is the case, when you learn more about making music, you kind of get drawn to the artists that are you know, doing things a little bit more complex just because as your interests grow and your experience grow, you want things that challenge you a little bit more. And so that's, I kept getting kind of drawn into those more conceptual and complex groups. Um, and then, but I've always also loved hip hop. I mean, I've always just listened to like everything, you know, I was never really all, always about one genre, whatever music was good, that's the music I was drawn towards. And that could be hip hop, that could be rock, that could be, electronic music that could be classical music and never actually made a difference to me amazing yeah dude wow that's so that's so awesome to hear man the, the mars volta i i feel like i don't hear too many people give praise and, and props to them enough man just uh, uh someone introduced me to their music one time i was like whoa i didn't even know where to begin it's like these eight minute <laughs> ten minute epic yeah, songs yeah. one after another it's just like and they're like man you got to see them live this is just how they sound on record but you got to see them live so it's yeah, like you know yeah. going through youtube and seeing all that stuff it's like damn dude this is phenomenal so like it kind of fits because what i learned too about you cole you had a, a classical music background you studied musical composition if i'm correct in college right yeah so i mostly played when i started playing music i was like 13 like i said and i was self-taught for like 12 years something like that 
but then when I went to college is when I got my kind of formal training and you study classical music in, in a you know composition program in college. So that's when I really got into classical music and studied it and learned how to compose it somewhat. Um, and that's when I kind of really got my quote unquote technical chops. Although I still comparatively to like some of those people that are in my class, I'm like far behind them just because they had grown up doing that where I kind of came from this other background. But that's actually what I ended up being kind of unique about my situation was that I had two, the experience of these like two separate worlds. And that's kind of where Dissect was born out of like trying to join that analytical technical side that I learned in college with the more popular music that I was grew up on and played for years in bands and stuff and trying to like just figure out a way to like bring those two worlds together a little bit. You know, I learned some really cool things about you from from prior interviews that you've done. And, and one thing you talked about was just your passion for research and just researching things for, for, for college and stuff like that. You know, I'm just kind of curious to know, you know, what where did that passion of yours just come from? Was that just something natural? Or is that just something that maybe that you just picked up over time where you just, you just fell in love with just researching things and what have you? Yeah, I would say over time, like I didn't like it in high school, that's for sure. Okay. Um, but when I got to college, I mean, I've always been pretty obsessive as a person, I would say. Like if I like something, I just get really into it and it just takes over my life so when i got to college that's when i really fell in love with because what you know classical music had a huge kind of barrier for me you know as it does for a lot of people where you just not a lot of entry points you don't know where to start it could be really overwhelming it could be really like you could feel insecure like you don't get it but what really was my big entry point into understanding classical music was the research behind it. So just learning more about the composer's life, when they lived, what was going on, you know, when they lived, like the main events and how all that influenced the music and really connecting with the music. Because it's hard with classical music that doesn't mostly have lyrics where lyrics are an easy kind of connecting point for anyone that loves music, hates music. Like that's, you, you everyone can understand words and a story and emotion, but classical music, it's so abstract because you don't really have those things. I was I learned to contextualize it through story. So learn just like, you know, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, the most famous one, it's like, oh, you realize like he was suicidal at the time and he was going through this whole internal battle about, you know, like he's losing his hearing and like really having like a crisis moment and all of that kind of fueled into this now famous piece, but it gives you even more insight into like what he was trying to put in emotionally into that that piece. So I kind of took that that love uh, or my love for music ended up translating to a love for research. And so I was always writing essays like the day that we got them, I would start researching them and like where all my other classmates seemed like they'd just be putting it off to the last minute. I like actually really loved studying it and researching it and going deep into it. So um yeah, that's kind of where I where I fell in love with it. But then, you know, once I graduated college, I was kind of missing that. So again, dissect was another way to like bring that back into my life. Oh man, dude. And I, and I gotta ask super random question here, but I just got to ask for, for a person who had to write up my fair share of papers too here, you know, but when it came to citing your sources, uh, were you a APA, MLA or Chicago Turabian type of uh, person to cite your sources? What, what type of person were you call? Man, I don't even know. I whatever the <laughs> whatever the assignment was required. I guess MLA is probably the most common one, yeah. which I, I always hate. I actually like the my preferred one is the footnotes one. I guess it gets a little sloppy, but if 
I liked when you can have the little number and then it takes you to the bottom. So if you want to learn more information about that, that source or even just like what you're trying to capture there, you can give like extra information. I always liked that, whatever that was. Um, maybe that was Chicago. I can't remember. Damn. Yeah. I, I just had to ask, man. I had to see how deep your research game was. I say he's for real. So I, I hate listen- citing sources because who the <laughs> hell reads it? Whoever reads the whatever it's called, that end, the end of the, yeah. I, guess, I guess your teacher is required to look at it, but yeah. no one does that. No. Like, <laughs> In this once, era, if it doesn't have a yeah. hyperlink to it, hey, yeah, I'm not exactly. really going to go too deep. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, and but that that's all for me. Just kind of comes towards where where I want to now take it to, which is your journey into podcasting, which is you creating dissect now in those earlier first two seasons. And you know, I, you know, I've learned a little bit about what you were going through as you had a job, you had a family, you were married, and 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 then on top of that, you still had this passion to do something with your education that you had. And, and also just your passion for research, but also your you getting back into music. What was that all about for you when you first stepped into this world of podcasting and wanting to do a project like Dissect? What was going through your head? It kind of just happened, to be honest. It wasn't like, I'm going to start a very successful podcast. It was more just like a passion project that you know I'd graduated college and I wasn't really doing anything musically anymore because I wasn't really interested in... Um, pursuing music in a band or anything like that. Um, you know, I was had a family then and obviously like traveling and stuff would just be complicated, not to say you couldn't do it, but it just didn't really interest me anymore. Classical composing, just I didn't feel like that was really what I was supposed to be doing. Um, but I did always miss the research and the writing part of it. So um, partly to bring that back into my life, um, that, that was one one component of, of creating Dissect, which for, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a serialized music podcast where I take one album per season and break down one song per episode. And it, and it amounts to like a 13, 15 hour analysis of one um, album, which is all scripted. So it's essentially like a research paper, kind of like just I read it aloud and play music clips. But, you know, I was inspired by To Pimp a Butterfly when it came out. Um, you know, it just had a huge impact on me. Um, I had never heard an album like that. I had never heard a story told in music like that. And I also knew like I wasn't getting, I was only getting the surface level stuff if I was just listening to it. And I knew if I really wanted to understand it better, I would have to do research into a lot of things, his life, you know, how it was made, but also a lot of the, you know, what ends up being history of, of, african-americans in america and how you know since they were brought here and the trajectory that they are on how that leads to someone like kendrick lamar's story this is all stuff i didn't really realize that only realized until after i did a just a shitload of research on not only him but also that history which he talks about in the music and kind of if you use it you know you can use them as these little threads that go really, really deep into rabbit holes of research and history that you can just spend entire, you know, hours, world or hours, days, years in, right? And so just unfolding all the layers of that album, um, you know, giving myself essentially dissect was an excuse to do that. So I just sat down and started writing one day and I was listening to podcasts at the time. Um, because I was just, you know, when you have a new child, you you they kind of just sleep all the time or they're just kind of sitting there. So I'd always have to like podcasts going in the background. Um, and so I was like, well, what if I just did a research paper essentially and formatted it like 
a podcast. And that was essentially what was the initial premise, but it wasn't really that much thought that went into it. I was just like, oh, I want to learn more about this album. I want to write, I want to research. Let me just start doing that. And so I just literally started writing. And you can even hear, if you go back to those early episodes, you know, the format of the show has evolved so much yes, just because yeah. I was figuring out literally as I was, as I was going, I didn't yeah. really conceptualize it too much. So that's something that I've always done, which I think is, um, uh, something I actually try to, people give advice, you know, ask me for advice about stuff. And I'm always like, just do it. If you have an idea, just go like people like often get stuck in like the conceptualizing it and they overthink it. And just, it's like, if you just dive in, you'll figure it out on the way, or at least that's always been my approach. So that's kind of what I did. Um, and ended up working out. Yeah, no, I, I remember coming up coming to to dissect for season two and just like listening to that entire season and just because that album from Kanye, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, is my favorite album from Kanye. So when I heard somebody that was gonna break it down, and I just remember listening to the first episode of that intro, and I love how you do all your intros where you just give that full summary before you start breaking down each track um, of the album. And um, I was just like, dude, this is okay. This is what I'm thinking that it's gonna be. Whereas it's like this deep analysis. Clearly, it was. You know, I, I want to know more about this because I think I know something about it from the interviews that I read. But I would love to learn more about production and like just yeah, any type of music theory or whatever. So the way that you did it caught my ear. But I thought when I first listened to it until you said it at the very end where I'm only one person doing this. I was like, wait, what? I thought that this was like, you had like a full team and like, you know, you, you had the hookup going on, you know, but it was just you. And then the more you start telling your story, I was like, damn, man, this person did it all. So going back to what you just said about, yeah, if you have something that you believe in uh, and if you just, you just got an idea, just do it. Don't overthink it or even wait for the validation of someone else necessarily saying, oh, I think you should do that. No, you're curious yeah. about something. Just go ahead and go for it. And that's exactly what you did. And look how far your curiosity has has taken you so far with these with these projects and kind of just sticking on the idea of curiosity, you know, uh, and just maybe understanding things. You know, what is, is something that you feel like you've taken away from focusing on Kendrick and Kanye? Because those are the two artists that you've kind of dissected the most. And we're going to get into some more seasons too. But just thinking about those two artists in particular, what have you taken away from them maybe that that's helped you in your life? It really came down to like empathy and just like under, trying to understand someone else's experience that you like, again, like I said, I, I grew up in white suburban neighborhood pretty much, you know, and like Kendrick's experience is so different than mine. And I wasn't really exposed to, you know, you always like hear certain things or cliches or stereotypes, but it really takes, and you don't really get taught it in school in depth. And so it really takes a personal conviction or inspiration or whatever to like actually learn more about someone's experience that is not your own. It takes, you know, personal effort. And so kind of doing that with that first season and really going as far into it as I could, you know, that it just, you know, you might see someone's behavior or, or, or not understand someone's actions or whatever, but you don't really know until you know the story behind it. Um, you know, you can just, it's easy to write off or like what, whatever, but like, once you really understand, you know, yeah, again, someone else's experience, people's action. And this, I mean, this is, I'm talking universally now, not about just about Kendrick, but just like, you don't really know, you know, you don't really know someone's actions, what, what's behind them, what's motivating that and the intent behind them. And that's, that actually translated into the Kanye season, uh, where, you know, we, we think of Kanye as this, 
everyone knows his reputation, right? And it's like, there's layers behind that behavior, you know, and it it showed up in Twisted Fantasy. There was huge tragedies in his life that led him to kind of outburst. There's later discovered there's mental health issues. It's like, there's all these layers behind someone's behavior. And usually it's like a lot of the time with Kanye's behavior, it's like, I always see it as like a cry for help sometimes, like where it's like this dude is kind of troubled in a really low spot in like his way of, of his kind of twisted quote unquote way of, of expressing that sometimes is like lashing out or like making these big kind of scenes. And so I think that was, if I can boil it down, uh, empathy is definitely something, especially from those first two seasons that I took away that, you know, I carry with me in my personal life still to this day. It's, it's like something I talk about often and something I try to keep in mind anytime that I try to go to make judgments on someone or, and it goes for you're all people, you know, just like trying to keep an open mind and like really understanding like, okay, this doesn't make sense to me, but maybe there's some reason why this occurred, you know? And so I just kind of, kind of kept that in mind always, uh, when, when living life. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's so true. And, and, and that's a, that's an amazing takeaway here. And, you know, thinking about where you were going to go next with the series now, because season three comes around now, you, you now, you know, at the end of season two, you announced that you're able to do this full time now. And, and now you're going to season three, you're, you're partnering up with uh, Spotify now. And, and now you have this big, you know, project that you're going to embark on to, which is, you know, uh, I, I, both of the other projects were big too, but this one, of course, is, is so sensitive and revered by so many hardcore diehard fans of Frank Ocean and Blonde. And like now you get to tell the story of Frank Ocean. So I'm just kind of curious to know going into season three, Frank Ocean now, you know, what were some of your goals with this season with, with Spotify being involved now with you now having the 100% time now to focus on this um, in the sense of just this being your full-time endeavor? What, what was going through your head? Yeah, I mean, mostly I was just grateful for the opportunity to do it full-time. Uh, the approach didn't really change all that much to be honest, I just kind of have more time to do it. Um, I purposefully kept it the same. Like even that, I have a little bit more help now, but that first season with Spotify season three that you're talking about is like literally nothing changed. I just, I was able, I was now getting paid to do it. So, um, you know, I still did everything myself um, that season. I still wrote it. I did everything the same way. And I still kind of do that to this day because I never really wanted to get too far away from what got me here, you know? So if it became this like super produced thing, I just didn't know, like, that's not the show. The show is this for, for better, for worse. And I was like, I'll make little improvements and polish it, you know, polish it up in places. But, um, you know, mostly the, it's the, a luxury of time now without, that was really the only difference and less stress, trying to juggle a full-time job and then also doing all this. So, um, yeah, the, the the approach didn't really actually change all that much. That's good to know because, you know, like, again, like I've, this is such a, like hearing you having so much involvement in it is true because dissect the way that you do it, it does feel very personal. Like this is a personal source that I'm going to for this information. And then you even think about Frank Ocean's Blonde, it's a very personal album as well. And it's just so it's just like for, so the, the care that went into that album and the care that you put into dissecting, you know, that album, I think that's, that's very uh, important that you chose to keep it that way and not because you may have more 
options maybe to kind of go out and get more people involved that you still chose to keep it toward towards the core of how you initially built it. And uh, one thing I did find out about this season though, I thought was a little interesting for you to maybe just to shed some more insight on was that initially you weren't as maybe um, like um, passionate about the the Blonde album when it first came out, I guess. But then, and, and I know people were requesting this album, your, your listeners, but then as you got into it, that's when your passion came from. Um, maybe what was that thing that kind of made you passionate about you know, even more passionate, let's put it like that, getting into the Frank Ocean's Blind album when you were dissecting. What was that thing that kind of like, oh man, this is something that this has really got me intrigued? What was that moment for you? Yeah, it was mostly a musicality thing. I think I wasn't into Frank Ocean as a, at least in comparison to like Kendrick or Kanye, who was, you know, coming off of at that time. You know, a lot of the music that I actually ironically ended up doing on Dissect came out during when I was in college. And when I was in college, I was just in this narrow focus classical music i had so much catching up to do there that i only listened to classical music pretty much for like four years and so and that was during like the early 2010s which is when frank ocean came up it's when kendrick came up it's when tyler the creator came up and it's like all these guys that i ended up going back to i missed like kind of the moment that I wasn't really in the moment. I mean, I, of course you hear about it peripherally, but I wasn't like entrenched like I am now, which actually ended up being kind of interesting because I almost took like a historical perspective on on those guys because, you know, I was coming at it like a little bit late. Um, and so there's just some material already there. Um, but anyway, so with, with Frank Ocean, yeah, I'd always heard about him. I'd listened to some of it, but I wasn't like super, a super fan definitely not a super fan before I went into the season, but it got requested so much. I was like, okay, there's must be something here. People that love Kendrick and Kanye are telling me you need to do Frank Ocean's. And then it was really, it was really just about listening. It wasn't like I had listened and then didn't care for it. It was just, I didn't listen enough to really like figure out what was going on and, and really appreciate all the, you know, layers and nuance in the album, especially blonde. Uh, so for me, it was just, you know, falling in love with the record you know, before I got really like actually started writing about it, I you know fell in love with just listening over and over. But then really falling in love when you see all the nuance and detail he puts into his album, it's pretty incredible. Um, there's nothing really that sounds like him. Um, he just has this unique blend of influences and collaborators that he works with. Um, that really he, he's kind of singular, and that's why people love him so much because he offers us something that only he can provide. So. Yeah, I think it was just the process of of digging in. You know, I always go into each season knowing a little bit about the album and liking it and knowing enough, you know, knowing enough about it that it could I think it could carry a full season, but it's not really until I get into the weeds and do the research and listening and and break down, you know, the chords and all that like that I really really understand what what's happening and my appreciation of the album grows like in real time as I'm writing the season. I, I think that's also a part of why I try to keep things pretty close to home in terms of uh, producing it myself is like, you're kind of experiencing discoveries in real time as I'm discovering them. So I think there's some element there that I'm trying to capture like, oh, this is like really cool. Like if I get excited about something, I'm super excited to go then write about it immediately. And I think hopefully that passion 
kind of translates into the show. And, and you know, now I want to talk about, because you, of course, you did season four on Tyler, the creator. You did season five on Kendrick's Dam. But now you go to season six, right? And then you begin to dissect um, at a very interesting time where things just begin to slow down uh, across the entire world in 2020. You, you, get, you begin to dissect um, Beyonce's uh, Lemonade. Uh, and this time you have a co-host coming on uh, for, for this uh, one. And, you know, just thinking about everything that was getting ready to go on for that season, everything that was happening ex- Externally in this in the world, and uh, you know, wh- where was your mind at on this one now uh, going into season six? Yeah, I think um, I mean, Lemonade is one I wanted to do for a while. It wasn't on Spotify, so it just didn't really make sense to do an album that wasn't on Spotify if it was a, a, a Spotify podcast. So, uh, but as soon as they put it on Spotify, I was like, oh, that's the next season, no brainer. Um, you know, but I would say out of all the seasons, that's kind of the one that I did the most for in terms of like research in terms of yeah bringing on a co-host um you know in terms of resources i i definitely utilized them that season um but yeah i brought on uh tt shodia who is a co-host of this great podcast called dope labs so she's a she's a scientist um material scientist and so her podcast all about um kind of pop culture subjects through a lens of science um which is kind of what i do with music where it's like popular music through the lens of like you know more like analytical approach like a music theory approach and so um i had met her um at a spotify thing that she was a part of uh and she had said she was a fan of dissect i was i liked her show so we just kind of built a kind of a, a relationship there and then when the lemonade season came about i was like well i definitely don't think People are going to want to hear me talk about it exclusively. So bringing on, you know, a black female just seemed like um, just the appropriate decision, um, and just bringing that perspective on, especially about this album and knowing what it's about, like it just seemed essential to do that. Um, and so she really brought a lot in terms of, you know, helping write this the season, just having her perspective on what even I wrote and the research that I did. Um, it was just great we had a great relationship we even like took a trip to louisiana together to visit the plantations and where lemonade was filmed in um in in louisiana so that was you know pretty pretty um educational experience i would say i guess um just kind of being you know you just read and research about certain things and there's nothing like kind of actually being there and seeing like okay wow this is actually where things happened you know and just kind of feeling that um weight i guess um and so yeah we we kind of developed this really cool relationship and just you know produced a season together um and yeah i don't know i'm really proud of that proud of that season i would say between that season and to pimp a butterfly was definitely the most uh in terms of educational personal ex- education um uh, and he, learning about the history of america and, and all that like that was those two are definitely the most I've learned for sure. Um, and then it just so happened that it came at a time where there was a global pandemic and, you know, a reckoning on racial justice. And, um, it was at times really depressing. It was at times motivating. It was at times, um, just hard, you know, like everyone was experiencing hardship and just struggling with what they could do personally or, how things could change and just like but for me it was like really learning about what and what's great about lemonade is 
Beyonce takes history and shows you how it still affects the present day, specifically Black history and specifically through the lens of Black females. And so just being entrenched in that world of research and then seeing everything that was still ha like really happening around in America at the time was like somewhat surreal, but also I was really glad to have that education uh, to just help contextualize what was actually happening now, you know, literally experiencing it in real time. Um, just it helped me kind of put things together in my own head and hopefully we did the season in a way that it helped, you know, educate other people a little bit more about the history and why we are where we are today. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and just even when you, I think about when you did a, a moment of silence for George Floyd, right? And you did the eight, you know, eight minutes and 46 seconds of that, of just that silence on, on for, for that. And you were it just, it, to me, it was in tune with, with everything that was happening, even though this is an album that came out. And that kind of just shows you against the power of these albums, how they don't have a time on it and how they yeah. are relevant and how they, they just like, you know, they, they transcend certain moments, but they, they are relevant towards things that are happening currently. And like, that's just like one of those moments where I think like, you know, Beyonce came into it's a different status it's just like a, beyond just like a a superstar of course but just like an amazing artist amazing yep. songwriter and like this is her artistry right here and you cannot deny her that she's the best fucking artist that's out there and just the way that you dissected that you know I, I was there I saw the Coachella performance oh, nice. and I couldn't help but think to myself as it was happening how is Cole gonna dissect this if he ever dissects this this is back in 2018 where, you know where she yeah. was playing and I was thinking if Cole ever did a season how would he do this uh, as far as like dissecting her work because there are so many themes it just in that performance. So again, yeah, the way that yeah, you yeah. did it, dude, I mean, yeah, props to you, props to you and the team and everything like that. It was just, it was truly amazing, man. And, and you know, I, I guess now the next question I have for you is going to, um, you know, uh, uh, season seven now and is you talked about Childish Gambino's Because of the Internet. And I want to know, did you feel any pressure about that album? Because I know you got a lot of requests for Frank Ocean's Blonde, but I feel like next to that album, this was like the most requested, yeah, you know, definitely. I feel like people created forums on Reddit just to yeah. talk about how they need, how they want you to do this. So was there pressure going into this one? Yeah, no, definitely. There's, this is another case of where I wasn't as familiar with the album. I wasn't personally, I would say probably more than all the albums, I wasn't a fan, like I had listened to the album and I just, it never connected with me. And I don't know if that was just because I was, again, that came out during that time when I was in the rabbit hole of, of classical music, or if I, you know, just the sound of the, the album wasn't for me, or if I just didn't understand it, which I would think the latter was the most true, where I didn't quite understand what he was doing. Uh, I knew I'd heard there was a screenplay, I'd heard there was this whole world around it, but I didn't really didn't do enough. I didn't live in the moment when that world existed and I didn't know too much about it uh, years later. So it wasn't until a lot of requests and then also the co-writer or the main writer of that season was uh, this guy, uh, Camden Ostrander, who is now working with Dissect. He's helping write uh, the, the next season of Dissect. So he, he had reached out and he's like the preeminent I would say Donald Glover scholar. There's no one in the world. I'm pretty confident that knows more about his art than Camden. And he had tracked literally everything about this album. When I tell you everything, it is everything. He has documents full tracking every little thing about this album. Um, and so when he reached out and kind of pitched the album, because I knew like, even if I went to do it myself, like 
okay, it's getting requested a lot. I'll just do it. There is no way I would have done anything close to just, you know, doing it justice without Camden. And I knew that. And so when Camden, you know, appeared magically in my email box, it was just like, okay, this seems perfect. Like this guy is really intelligent. He has followed this album. He really, really understands it, I think, more than anyone in the world. And so I brought him on to help me with the season. And that was, I think it ended up working. And I threw Camden and just my own listening and my own also research and, and analysis, you know, I fell in, that was definitely an instance where I fell in love with the album in real time, where I started at a place where I was like, oh, this is okay. But, I, you know, again, not really for me. Now I really appreciate the work. Um, so, you know, that a lot of props there uh goes to camden for sure and again we've we created a, a, a nice working relationship um and he, he's yeah he's kind of on the dissect team now and he's helping with season nine and um uh, that's that's actually what one of the probably the best thing about working with spotify was having the resources to bring on collaborators and just finding the right people and like really developing a relationship with them and i really cherish those relationships with the collaborators because we're you're you know you're sharing so much so many thoughts between us um you know femio lutade who wrote co-wrote season five on kendrick lamar's dam and then helped with the blackest king miniseries he's a great friend now tt is a great friend um you know camden's a great friend and just all these people i've been kind of really uh blessed to be working with um is one great valuable thing that has come from dissect is just really meeting these great and intelligent people and getting to work with them yeah no dude it, it, it's it's almost like you know like no different than like the artist linking up with someone to have a feature uh, on yep. their on their album and doing something like that i love that though i like that that is very true because you can just tell like there's just another level of like just I, I don't know just detail that's going into it and definitely for because the internet you know that is something too i was the same way like i liked the the project i like you know 3005 and everything like that but you know i didn't follow all the little pieces of the the films and everything that else that uh Chavis gambino had out there so for you to kind of go in there and dissect it, I was like, I was really paying attention to that one a lot because, like you, I wasn't as prior aware of everything about that album, what was happening behind the scenes, and all the other little things that he's done. I saw his interviews, you know, what have you, in the Breakfast Club and all these other places that he was doing. But you know, but I didn't know all the other little things. So like for you to kind of go into that project and have that team with you as well, it, it's it's dope, man. And you know, speaking of you know you having to dive deeper into an album where you know it did not necessarily get the the, the the praise and necessarily the respect that it got that it's getting now but it's Kanye West Yeezus the most recent season of uh you know dissect at the time of this recording here you know going into that album for for you you know were you trying to like maybe show people what they were missing on Yeezus if they had any type of like criticism about it in the beginning or were you just not trying to convert people over were you just like let me just do what I normally do what were you thinking on that one yeah I'd say um you know I always hope that I can show, give people a new appreciation for an album that they don't already like or love. Um, you know, Yeezus was probably, yeah, I think it's probably the most controversial record that I've done. Um, I think it's aged better than when it came out. You know, people is really, really polarizing when it came out. Um, but I think it's aged pretty well. It's been pretty influential on, on a lot of current artists' uh, music. Um, but yeah, I mean, just... You know, I, I also view these albums like from a historical perspective, and I just thought Yeezus was so important to 
Kanye's career and hip hop in general, it was like, you know, the shockwave and, you know, the, you know, the top artist of his, you know, at that time taking a huge U-turn and like really challenging the public with this pretty experimental record in terms of like what was considered a quote unquote hip hop record uh, and a popular hip hop record at that. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of things that interest me about it. And also it's my favorite Kanye album. And I, it was one that I've been dying to do just cause I love it so much. Um, so yeah, I guess it was partly motivated by like, let me at least show you like a different perspective on it. And let me give you some entry points into it. If you didn't already love it. Um, because the harshness of the album, I think is what throws a lot of people off. But once you get kind of acclimated to that sound and then realize there's like a story going on, I think that's kind of like when hopefully it clicks for people, um, that there's more there than just a bunch of like yelling and screaming and random lyrics that just seem like random. So so th there's a lot going on and a lot of it's confirmed by the Yeezus tour, which is equally, if not more impressive than the album itself. Um, and just how he threaded a, an entire narrative, uh, essentially took his whole catalog of music and, and made a narrative, a uh, five-act narrative uh, uh, with it, with Yeezus being the, the most central kind of presence in that narrative. Um, I just feel like that moment, that era of Kanye was, I feel like when he was really at the top of his game, um, creatively, musically, I think that era between, you know, Twisted Fantasy to Pablo for me is like the most interesting um, era for Kanye um, and where I feel like he was really at his peak musically. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you definitely, towards the epilogue of that season, you definitely covered Life of Pablo. You touched on it as well in, in a summary uh, of, of that one as well. But I just, I thought that, you know, one thing that you you tackled the controversy of the album, like in the very opening, how you, how you normally do your first episodes of each season, you kind of give that overview of the entire, um, you know, um, album before you dissect it. And I really like how you started this one where you were talking about, you know, um, uh, Bob Dylan and, and, you know, him utilizing the electric guitar and um, I'm blanking on the um, on the on the Shavinsky. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shavinsky. There you go. And like I remember hearing about Shavinsky when I was in college, and even I didn't get it. I was like, some teacher in the humanities class that I had was showing me this. And I was like, I, I didn't get it. And now yeah. all these years later, it's like, wait a minute, I remember hearing about Shavinsky, and now like he's like, it blew my mind. I was like, okay, I like where he's going with this season, and it kind of got me glued in because yeah, in the beginning of Jesus, I like Black Skinhead, Blood on the Leaves, some of the more productions that were more, I guess. Easier to kind of wrap my head around, but more of the unique productions like uh, um, was it on site? Yeah, uh, like all those records like that, or even you know, I can't hold my liquor. Some of those records that were a little bit more experimenting with you know the 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 production or whatever. That's where I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm not getting this you know just yet, or even I am a god, etc. Right? But now you kind of come in there and making me it definitely made me look at it differently. Like, okay, wait a minute, Kanye definitely and like knowing about the producers too that were behind that album that was also very important for me to know you know knowing like Daft Punk was behind it Gasefa Stein was behind yeah. it you know all these different people and just knowing who they are and their production style and how they really took Kanye sound literally to another direction I think that that is really important and, and I guess too one thing and, and this goes into well, my next question here as we get ready to close out is that you know I loved how at the end of each season you get to hear from your listeners and they get to share their reflections I love the reflections that people shared for you know season six on Beyonce's Lemonade 
and this most recent season of Dissect for Yeezus because it's just what it meant to them from a, the Beyonce standpoint and maybe a lot of people kind of coming into it saying that I didn't like Kanye West albums on this recent season, but now they like it. So from your perspective, when you get a chance to hear from your listeners, how does that feel for you? Like when you get to, when you get to hear that insight, what, what was that feeling that you get when you get to hear from your listeners? This is really cool. I love hearing people's connection and passion for music. So like just hearing, you know, beyond just like them liking the show, I just really love hearing, like I love like first reaction videos on YouTube when people like listen to music for the first time and then share their thoughts. Like I love people that share their stories about how, you know, an album changed their life or changed the way that they looked at something or whatever motivated them to do something else. And I feel like with Kanye, especially like that motivation is such a pivotal part of what his music inspires people to do. You know, it inspires them to follow their dreams and take risks and, you know, um, yeah, just just be a little bit more assertive. Uh, I think there's like some kind of magical quality about his music that really motivates you. Um, but just hearing about people's thoughts generally about music, I just love it. So, yeah, I love, love hearing, you know, it's always my favorite part of the season is just hearing back from the listeners. Because as much as I talk for hours about this stuff, it's like I'm just like one person that's, you know, doing a lot of research and thinking and, uh, and all that about the, the record. But, you know, I don't hold my own opinion about above anyone else's when it comes to music or art. It's like it's such a subjective experience. So I just always love, you know, hearing a little bit about that, their, you know, someone else's experience and then hearing a montage of them is just really cool way, I think, to, to wrap out the season is just because the end of the day music is made to affect us it's made to you know motivate us made to influence us um and so giving the like the listeners kind of the last word i think is very appropriate for each season you know and just here's the impact of music you can hear it through these 50 or 100 people or whatever it is uh sharing their thoughts so yeah just something i've done from season 1 on and i'll, I'll pretty much do it every season I love it, man. I absolutely love that. I wish more podcasts would do that to really like, I mean, we do, they, I know some podcasts do like lives, but and stuff like that, like live shows, et cetera. But I feel like this is really cool. You know, that you get your audience involved and you really get to hear what they're taking away. And, and these aren't just, you know, listeners that are submitting to you saying, oh, I like the album. And, you know, I love Kanye. Like, no, they're really going in detail. And I, even I'm like, damn, man, like, you know, sharing things about their personal lives and how this helped them in their lives and stuff like that. It's so special to kind of see the power of like your research your you know the storytelling the music of that artist and everything like that how that inspired them it's like that connection that's something very special Cole so I would just say you know I'm glad that you plan on keep doing it and that's just to me that's one of the big things I look forward to at the end of each season to see how the fans the listeners myself included we, we take away from it but to hear that and you give people that chance to share their voices like that that's truly special man I, I think that's awesome and 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 um, the last question I have for you is, you know, you know, what can you know listeners expect from your newest series that you just started right now, which is called Keynotes, and even feature seasons of Dissect. Yeah, so Keynotes is a new show. It's essentially a spinoff of Dissect, where it's somewhat the same approach in terms of you know my analysis on songs, but um, it utilizes a, a feature on Spotify called Music a Talk, where you can program full songs into a podcast episode. So. Essentially, instead of doing one song per episode, one album per season, keynotes every episode has a different theme. Uh, and I curate three to five songs around that theme and kind of show you. So if it's like, you know, this specific chord that, you know, I, I really like and here's how it's used in, you know, 
five songs, or it could be a, a more thematic theme in terms of like a, one episode is is you know does death have a sound and looking at songs about death and see if there's any similarities between you know what they're doing musically is it in the you know the same key signature are they using the same kind of melodies um, and so it's just a, it's a different approach but the same kind of analytical driven uh, style as dissect just a little bit more truncated. I get to cover more than just hip hop, which was one thing that I really wanted to do for a long time where dissect kind of lives in the hip hop R and B world. Keynotes is, you know, there's some, some hip hop included, but it, it, you know, no genre is off limits. So I, you know, the first episode I did a classical piece, I did a, uh, Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license and I did a Jay-Z song all in one episode. So just getting to talk about more music is really what's kind of inspiring me with that show. Uh, and exploring concepts that I don't sometimes I get to touch on on dissect, but you know you're so honed in on that song that you only can kind of do so much. So you know if there's one specific music theory thing that I think is really cool that people could understand um, and help them become better listeners, like okay, let's just focus on that thing for an entire episode and you know show how it's used in in multiple songs. I think that's really cool and hopefully educational. Uh, and just hoping hoping to change the way people listen to songs they already love or introducing you to new songs that hopefully that you'll like or at least find an appreciation for. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out if that sounds cool. And then yeah, future seasons that I, I dissect. Um, can't we always see, keep the artist and album a surprise until you know the premiere. So we're definitely working on season nine, which will come out in late September, early October. Um, and that'll carry us through the new year and I haven't picked out season 10 yet. So, um, that's definitely on my list to do and figure out, but yeah, that's going to dissect. We'll keep chugging along as it has. Um, and we'll see where, where it ends up. Amazing. Yes, man. I got to say keynotes. I love the Radiohead episode. That was super awesome. Karma Police. I said, okay, that's my record right there. So that breakdown, I appreciate that very much. And then two, for the future seasons of Dissect, I'm excited to see what's to come next. I know the next big requested one that I've been looking at the Reddit forums and even I'm on your Discord. I'm seeing some chatter. I know Mac Miller is a, is a regarded person. I like the video you did about Mac Miller as well. So hopefully, hopefully we can see some Mac Miller or someone uh, along the lines in the future seasons as well. But Cole, I appreciate you just giving us time here at Golden Voice, just a little bit of time to speak with you and learn more about your story. Definitely learn more about Dissect. We truly appreciate everything that you're doing over here. So man, you know, those future seasons of Dissect, I'm looking forward to hearing them. I'm looking forward to seeing what you continue to do with Keynotes. I'm loving even what's going over there in the UK with Decode. That's, yeah. that's what's up. Truly amazing. So Cole, keep killing it. Keep doing your thing. And um, definitely, I want to hear more about your progress, man. So anything else you got coming up, definitely hit me up, man, because I'd love to talk to you again. Cool. Yeah, thanks, man. This was fun. Wow. Such a professional. My goodness. Cole, thank you so much for coming to the Golden Voice podcast. It truly was an honor to speak to him. I mean, I got to tell you, all just on a personal level, there's, there's only a few podcasters that I'm like really, really been looking into, you know, being inspired by to step into this medium. Cole is one of them with his series because I just love his just 
detail and his approach to podcasting and just his insight that he provides and just his knowledge that he gives to it. So really a big influence. And then the second person is Megan Tan, amazing podcast producer as well. Um, you should check out the series Millennial Podcast. Those are the two people right there. So to get a chance to speak to Cole uh, Kushner for, for, for this uh, episode, it was truly an honor and definitely was a highlight for me being able to create a podcast like this and just being that role and, and kind of get some insight from one of the, you know, one of the legends in my opinion in this. So shout out to Cole Kushner just for coming to the Golden Voice Podcast. It was truly an honor. And one of my favorite parts of the podcast was just honestly hearing how Cole just went for it. You know, he really went for creating Dissect Podcast. He didn't wait for anyone to give him permission. He didn't wait for someone to say like, hey, Cole, I think you should do this podcast thing because you really got a good voice. And, you know, I think that you should be the one to dissect all these important artists and popular artists and, you know, all these critical albums that they've done. I think that'd be a really cool idea. Like, no, he just did it. So I think that's just so dope. And I think that's just something that everyone who wants to do something creative or something that they're inspired by or feel passionate about, you should just go for it. So shout out to Cole for just not making any excuses, for just going for it and just making it happen. It really is amazing to see what he's done. But then also another part too was just his appreciation towards his listeners. And you know, when he does that moment where he allows his listeners to come onto the podcast at the end of each season and chime in about what they learned about their favorite artists and that favorite album in particular, you know, I think that was really dope. So for him to kind of provide even more insight about that, I just think that was really amazing. So again, I can't say it enough. You know, Cole, it means a lot for you to come to the Golden Voice podcast and spend a little bit of time with us. Absolutely. And if you want to tap in with Dissect Podcast, all you have to do is go to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and simply type in Dissect Podcast for all three social media platforms because that's where you'll find Cole and Dissect and just all the information about Dissect Podcast on, on social media. So again, that's Dissect Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But also, do not forget about TikTok as well because Cole is on TikTok and it's simply Dissect Podcast 2 on TikTok. Shout out to Cole for keeping things easy for people to find them, okay? Dissect Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I highly recommend that you just follow him on all four of those platforms because he's dropping some dope content on each one. And then, of course, you can follow the Dissect website as well, which is dissectpodcast.com. Once again, that's dissectpodcast.com for more information about the podcast. Tap in with Cole. Tap in with Dissect Podcast. It truly is, uh, you know, an awesome podcast if you're a music lover and a fan of these respective artists you should definitely go ahead and check out that podcast so a big shout out to you co thank you so much for your time now like i said i was going to tap in with you during the outro and here we are and i have to say the golden voice podcast we have been moving and we have been doing our thing you know without you we would not have made it this far to episode nine and it's truly been an honor but season one is getting ready to come to an end right here and we're going to have our season one finale coming on january 12th 2022. That's right, January 12th, 2022. So I know you're probably wondering, what the hell are y'all going to be doing in between all that time? Because it's the holidays. That's like roughly three weeks from now. What are y'all going to be doing? Well, I'm going to be dropping some bonus episodes during that time come. I don't want to spoil or talk too much about them. We got some cool stuff coming. So what you need to do is go ahead and on your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe, follow whatever the lingo that they're using, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Overcast, iHeart, whatever you listen to your favorite podcast set, go ahead and just tap in with us on there and you'll be sure to get these bonus episodes when they drop during our little intermission period for the holiday break, okay? But January 12th, 2022, season one finale with our season one finale guests. I don't want to spoil it just yet, so just hang tight, all right? But definitely know season one is coming to an end. 
January 12, 2022. We got the heat for you, okay? So just stay tapped in with us for those bonus episodes, all right? And of course, you can always tap in with the Golden Voice team and just what we got going on and what's happening with our shows and concerts for December, for New Year's Eve, for 2022 by simply going to goldenvoice.com. That's goldenvoice.com. But if you want to follow us on social media, go ahead and tap in with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, simply at Golden Voice on all of those platforms as well. Again, that's simply at Golden Voice for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, because we are definitely there and we want to hear from you. And it goes without saying a major shout out to the Golden Voice podcast team. That's our executive producers, Amanda and Rhea. That's our marketing team, Lindsay, Kristen, Moppy, Maddie, and Savannah. That's our artwork and creative by Saish and Trevor. Our press team, Shay and Taji holding it down. And of course, you, we would not be here without you. So we definitely want to give a big salute and a big shout out to you as well. Okay. It means so much to me and the rest of the Golden Voice podcast team that you're tapping in with us each and every Wednesday. So thank you so much. Now, again, like I said, January 12, 2022 is going to be the season finale, our final interview for season one of the Golden Voice podcast. And I'll have an update for you about the future as well. But we're going to have those bonus episodes coming for you during that time of intermission. So enjoy the holidays. Celebrate with your family. Celebrate with the loved ones. Celebrate yourself during this time. All right. And, you know, we're going to come back in with you and tap in with you. All right. So if you don't know by now, I'm your host, Jarvis Smith. This is the Golden Voice podcast. And I'm out.